0: another episode of Rael Talk, where we explore ideas about movement, music, and mindfulness to inspire, educate, and elevate your human experience. I am very excited to introduce today's guests, Sam Salway and Raquel Hernandez-Cruz, who are the ringleaders of a super unique group called the Yoga Slackers, which is a group of over 150 teachers globally bringing yoga poses not only to the slackline, but but finding yogic elements within other body awareness practices such as acrobatics and climbing. Sam decided over a decade ago that the status quo simply was not for him. And in 2004, he packed up his few possessions, began living on the road full-time, traveling coast-to-coast in pursuit of a life that uniquely expressed his values for adventure and extreme living with awareness. His partner, Raquel, holds a master's in marine biology, but has studied in many traditions of yoga over the years. She's an incredible adventure athlete, Ashtanga yoga teacher, and is the mastermind behind the Yoga Slacker's growth. We had a great chat today, and as you can imagine, we talked a lot about the dynamic state of balance, given that most of what they do has to do with balancing their bodies, uh, their time, and their relationships, etc., but Sam and Raquel's nomadic partnership provides an amazing example of how pursuing extremes can cultivate awareness and expand your threshold for experiencing greater states of balance, happiness, and ease, while also just becoming a better human in your life. I hope you enjoy our conversation as much as I did. It brought a lot of really great insight um, and inspiration to me. And without any further ado... Here's Sam and Raquel. Sam and Raquel, thank you so much for being here, and welcome to the show. It's a a sweet honor to have you guys as guests. And um, tell me where you are right now. Uh, We're in Bishop, California. It's great to be on the show, Britta. Thanks for having us. For those of you that don't know, uh, Sam and Raquel are part of a group of teachers called the Yoga Slackers, and they are. I would describe you as lovers of movement and lovers of each other as well. And uh, they have, you know, you and I met uh, Sam and Raquel at the Yoga Slackers teacher training in, what was that, 2012?
1: Yeah, 2012.
0: Wow, so since that time, you've been together both teaching and living mostly nomadically, um, yoga and slacklining and acrobatics and pursuing adventure I would say as your lifestyle would you agree
2: Yeah it's we've been blending like all the principles of yoga slackers as we live in a very small space uh we were together for 5 years in 28 square feet and recently moved up to now we have 60 square feet so yeah very small spaces
0: massive upgrade i mean more than doubled your space yeah <laughs> and even
1: if it feels like it's funny that you are starting the conversation this way, because we just realized it's been we've been together for over seven years. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's a long time when you think about it, but I still feel like we just
0: met. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gotta keep the mystery, Brita. <laughs> I there was some mystery that happened at the teacher training. I recall you know looking around and being like, oh, there's... Something happening there. That's <laughs> connection. All right, I'm. I, I see that. I'm cool with that. <laughs> no, yeah, think-
1: it's
0: it's, uh, it's interesting
1: for us to be like traveling and teaching, and we did something that is not uh, like people talk against it, which is having a relationship between a teacher and a student at some point or another. And then for us, it happened to you know work out. We've been together seven years and counting. And like I just said, it still feels like we're getting to know each other. I still get butterflies when I see him.
0: Um. <laughs> I would love if you could, just for the sake of my audience, describe what what is the Yoga Slackers or what are the Yoga Slackers? And what's kind of your mission right now or your greater vision for what you two are doing as a part of the Yoga Slackers brand and business?
2: That's a... A multi-layered question for sure. Uh, on the surface, or what the glue that holds yoga slackers together is yoga, acrobatics, slacklining, conditioning, and adventure. Um, but we're really looking to identify what your core passion is as an individual, and then help you create or find a system that facilitates that expression in a regenerative way.
1: Yeah, a moment. Uh, There are different things that we're super excited about. We have a teacher training coming. So whenever we do this, it helps us to rethink and reconsider where we are in space in our teaching and also to make sure that we are still, like, are things changing? Are, Are things still the same? And for us, like, definitely the yoga is very important. And it's not only about, like, the yoga asana and the movement. It's the idea of how can we apply the yoga to everything else we do so we do like the yoga on the slackline the yoga with acro yoga on a person and then we bring yoga into everything else that we do and what we mean by that it's not just the flexibility or the strength that the practice allows us to do it's the connection so we are striving to connect with each other we are striving to connect individually so we can create something bigger than either of us can do on our own
0: mm. I think that's a beautiful testament to relationship in general. Right? We have relationships whether intimate and romantic or otherwise to forge greater possibility, you know, to like merge together and see how we can grow and expand and support each other. Like I think that's a cool metaphor for stacking your relationship on top of what you're doing collectively as a as a team or as a brand.
1: Yeah, and like the thing is that that's the biggest realization we've had. It's like, yeah, we're all growing old. We're all at some point going to change what we do. Like you see with people doing different trainings throughout the years, not everyone that becomes a yoga slacker, for example, decides to continue teaching slacklining and acro. Same things with people that take yoga teacher trainings or other acro teacher trainings. So it's like, why are we doing this? We're doing it to connect. We're doing it to play. We're doing it to... Because it gives us a sense of happiness. So then, from there, what we want to do with our platform is to find ways in which we can connect with people, in which we can work towards increasing our overall state of happiness in a way that allows us to do this even later on when we might decide that we don't want to slackline or do acro anymore. Mm-hmm. Like we hope that our trainings and our efforts are put towards something greater. That. So going past the super, superficial or going past the, the, just the fun stuff that we do. That doesn't mean that we don't want to do fun stuff anymore. It just means that we're hoping that we're adding a deeper layer to our practice.
0: Yeah. I love that. Overall, increasing your state of happiness in all of the, affecting all of what you do so that what you do can become happiness, like no matter what, is kind of how I interpret that. I would love to hear a little bit about how you guys have been traveling the world because I think for most people when they hear, you know, oh, this is a a nomadic couple. Like, what does that actually mean? Because I know Mm -hmm. for you guys, it's not just that you travel for fun. You travel for your work and you travel for fun and you travel because you love to travel. But it's pretty unique how you travel and all of the all of the avenues and methods by which you move around the world, sharing what it is that you do and what you're passionate about. So if you could just talk a little bit about that.
2: Yeah. So we approached travel, or I should say I approached travel in a a different way. And that I looked at what I really enjoyed doing and then tried to, uh, without compromise, do that.
1: Yeah, so Sam and I live on a van at the moment. Uh, we used to live in a car, so it's been seven years of living in a vehicle of some sort and traveling within the U.S. and Canada, I will say, during the summers, and then we try to go somewhere abroad during the winters, not necessarily because we're trying to escape winter, that's just something that happens, something that materializes, and. I don't complain too much because I do like summer and warm weather uh, adventures. Um, but yeah, whenever we move, I feel like we are on an episode of plane, trains and automobiles. <laughs> like we're using as many transportation devices as we can. And also to expose to the elements or to the different changes in that way. So on our own, we always know that things are going to change. We never know that something is going to be certain. Mm. We, we go to a destination trying to allow enough time for Murphy's Law to happen. And luckily we've made it. In seven years, we've only not made a commitment once because of traveling
0: problems. That's a pretty good oh. record. Yeah, I think that's pretty impressive. Especially with the places that you travel to. And like I said, you know, your mode of transportation is often maybe less reliable than like a very, very luxurious car or train or first class business flying somewhere. I mean, I'm, I'm certain the way that you choose to travel is like a reflection of your lifestyle like what you said sam i do what i love to do without compromise so let's go to thailand let's get there no matter what happens you know we'll have to forge through the ocean if we need to to get there and i think that's i think that's cool i think it's really inspiring
1: Uh, i think with even with that sense is that we Sam decided to start to travel well you didn't even decided to decide to travel and you kind of like started doing it and then just simply never came back home. And I never really decided to join a car with Sam. I moved into a car and decided to be Nomad. It was something that just kind of happened.
2: Yeah, and that's what I was alluding to earlier. It's it's more looking at what you really enjoy doing with your time and then creating a life around it. Instead of doing something You might not want to do with your time to create a life later more craft every moment of every day into something that you enjoy and want to be part of and pushes you to to just be in the places you want to be i guess right
1: and even with that being like the most ask question the question we get asked the most is how do you do it and usually when people mean that it's like how do you do you afford to do this the reality is that we started traveling before we could afford it it was more a this is what we're going to do and we'll make it happen Mm. I would say the first big trip that we took together was to South America and we went to South America for three months without a job without like a plan and Luckily, yeah, we both were teaching already slacklining, that's how we met. We were teaching both acro, so we kind of like went city by city, just offering our services. And we went to South America for three months, three people living on on Acro and Slacklining. And on three months we came back each, I think it was either each or total, 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 we spent five hundred dollars. So we were not on the whole five hundred dollars.
2: But so, that was after we bought a van for three thousand dollars that immediately broke down. So we recovered that. Cost. Of course.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's a longer story. Murphy's
2: yeah.
0: law. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, Murphy. Oh my god, that's why we should have called. That, Murphy's law, trip. yeah uh, but yeah like that's the thing is like we made it happen and then you can come back and be like oh my god I tried to do this teaching gig and I lost five hundred dollars which is not what we were intending to do so what we saw is like we took a three month vacation that cost us five hundred dollars so if you shift your perspective mm. first you can do a lot more and you can enjoy it and you can have fun in the process and then you're excited to do it again
2: exactly and then like what I've found out after you know, 15 years of traveling um, is that what you're investing in is yourself, but as you invest in yourself, you're investing in the people around you in the community and you're creating a much larger coalition of people that are willing to go out of their way to give you a hand or whatever mm. because you've enriched their life by bringing them stories or inspiring them to get out of their comfort zone and really if you live a passionate inspired life, other people are drawn to do the same thing with their time Mm. and you want to spend time around people that are like-minded. So you tend to create a really cool group of people that are, are out there either wanting to have the courage to do what you're doing or doing what you're doing. And when those kind of energies come together, really amazing things happen. People stop doing, um, the normal nine-to-five thing because they didn't want to be doing it in the first place, it's just someone told them to do that. And so you just see lives open up and change in a positive way. It's, it's nice to have examples of doing things another way. Uh, not so you do something the same way, but you can see that there's another way of doing things and that way could be whatever way you want it to be.
0: Mm-hmm. The yoga of possibility, in a way, is what you're exploring.
1: Yeah, because often people joke, it's like, oh, no, here's someone, Raquel, they're going to have you quit your job, <laughs> right? And, we, and it's true. A lot of people have quit That's their true. job in a way or another because meeting us or following what we're doing. But the thing is that we're not asking people or we're not telling people, quit your job, become a nomad and do exactly what we're doing. It's like what Sam was saying is, do you want to do what you're doing? And we find so many people that unfortunately are doing things that are not really called on to do is things that for some reason they're doing out of commitment, out of expectation. And I think it's really beautiful that they get to reconsider what they're doing. Some end up quitting their jobs and finding another job that they love, Mm -hmm. right? So it's not the question is, do you want to do what we're doing instead of living a nomad life? Is we're hoping to inspire people to do what we're doing, which is to follow our passion. So it's like, are you following your passion? Yeah.
2: And I mean, the simplest thing to do is just look at what you need from your employment and then see if there's another way to get that. So look, look at like the why you're doing it. And if it's for security, if it's for money, um, if, yeah. Then look at other ways of achieving that that make you happy in the process. It's it's definitely possible. I mean, the internet has unlocked an amazing amount of work opportunity in this world. And and that's just through connection. I mean, so you can even boil internet back one layer and um, like the source of all goodness is connection, right? So if you have the right connection and the ability to connect the right communities, then you can create a lifestyle of service that provides for you as well.
0: Yeah, that's, that's just it. I mean, that's definitely how you guys have inspired me personally. And I know, for a fact, the the many people in my extended network um, have been impacted by you in similar ways. You know, it's about taking the time to really evaluate honestly, what am I doing? And why am I doing it? And how can I, like you said, Sam, shift my perspective to experience life in those rich ways? outside of the norm not because there's really a norm but like everybody has a different norm that maybe they haven't even been willing or curious enough to explore how do you um in all of this kind of movement i mean you travel extensively you're attached really only to the few places where you store your gear and you have your vehicle um, and maybe some family ties or, or community ties but How do you stay grounded with all of that movement? And really, what does that mean to you?
1: Well, I will start by saying that often people think that we're not attached to things or to places. And I will say that is the opposite. We're just so attached to different places that we can't stop traveling because then we will stop seeing those places and those people. Uh, How do we stay grounded? We are not very balanced on a daily basis, like people are like, "Oh, do you do yoga every day? Do you slack? In the do you do anything every day?" And I would say that the only thing we do every day is brush our teeth, and even that sometimes struggling, there might be a day or two that that might have not happened. Um, but we like to say that we balance throughout the year, like if we look at the bigger picture, then we definitely have times in which we decide to dedicate to our yoga practice or times in which we are like, oh, we're definitely teaching during this period of time, which usually means we don't have time for our personal practices. So then we set throughout the year other times in which it's like we're just practicing or other times in which we go on adventures and refuel our need or, or our desires to do things for our own.
0: Yeah. I think yeah. I ask that also because when I speak with people about how much I travel, which is pale in comparison to you guys, the question I get a lot is, wow, that must be so imbalancing or you must be so ungrounded because you're constantly moving around. And so I guess another question, maybe this could be for Sam is, is it important for you, Sam, to feel grounded? Um, yeah.
2: Grounded is an interesting concept. I think it's, more like do you feel connected to a foundation and like a boat is a very solid foundation it's just on a moving body of water so you can move it around um just looking for an analogy possibly um so you can put a lot of effort build a really cool machine and and be grounded but that machine moves you around so you don't have to have like a grounded thing attached to the ground right i'm looking for um and so what grounds me would be living authentically. Like Mm -hmm. if you are on the path that calls you, then you're going to feel at home in that path. Um, So again, going back to the, the why you're doing what you're doing and really checking in with that um, will help you understand what grounds you. Right. For me, I've noticed that, I feel more at home when I 'm driving than any other time. I feel connected um, at peace, and I feel some sense of control and direction in my life as well as uh, like a, a calming sense where it's like a meditation almost uh, where your mind can can be focused but drift as well. So. Mm-hmm. And and I get that same sense in yoga, acrobatics, slacklining. Um, So, yeah, it's it's really that's that would be, I guess, my why to to (laughs) why I exist is to have that feeling.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So that that's kind of a good uh, a good period to that question is you're pursuing that sense of being through what you are doing.
2: Yeah. And and yeah, just having that solid foundation um, to build off of. So understanding your why and then building everything on top of that is, is what's helped us get, get here. And then being able to adapt to that why as well and realizing where the gaps are. Like the, the newest thing for us, it's not super new, but over the last two years, we're really uh, focusing on uh, the concept of nonviolent communication. Um, because if you look at earlier speaking about connection, it's like, how do you connect as a human? You have nonverbal communication and verbal communication, and how can you share your needs with another person without, uh, causing some sort of inflammation, right? Mm. So seamlessly share your needs, but without sounding annoying (laughs) or, or making it the other person's job to fill your needs more just putting your needs out there in a way that can, they can be received and then you can solve them yourself or the community around you can help you solve them. But...
1: And even in that sense, uh, like, yeah, nonviolence communication is good to share, to talk to other people and maintain unity. But for me, it's more, I mean, for me, it's like the practice goes deeper. It's like, am I talking violently to myself or am I doing things that are violent to my nature? And that's when things like, wow, yeah, it's all yoga. It's all connected with all our practices. and we're looking for the same things? It's pretty cool. In that sense. Well,
0: everyone needs, I guess, that uh, that mirror or that space for reflection. You know, whether it's like you said, the way that you communicate and connect with your partner, or your community, or your colleagues. Um, and especially yourself like everyone has certain needs and, and certain boundaries or space that they need to just feel themselves and feel connected to themselves what can you share about your your personal relationship in that regard like how do you how do you relate to each other and so such close proximity all the damn time I mean I think my husband and I spend a lot of time together we do but I feel like it's nothing, again, in, in context of how you guys live. So do you consciously create space or time for yourselves? And how do you manage that communication?
1: Honestly, I don't think we do. But in a sense, I don't think we need it. Mm-hmm. Like, it feels like we're pretty good about being either really good companions or when we're not being good companions, we like, oh, I would really like this to happen. But I don't know. I haven't feel like like I've had to have my me or my alone time in seven years. In <laughs> <laughs> seven years. I think communication is a very important thing that we're doing. Understanding, understanding when we're triggering, triggering each other has been key, and, and we're different, like, in that sense. Like, Sam, I find he's alone time while he's driving long hours, which for me is like my me time is through movement, right? So I can feel like, and I'm still working on doing this nicer, right? But I can feel like when I haven't been moving For a while, which for a while for me, we've discovered is two days. It's as much as I can take. is I'm like, okay, I can feel the annoyance level towards everything increasing. I need to go and go on a run or go on a bike ride or go swimming. But that doesn't mean I have to go on my own. Like, I actually really enjoy when we do it
2: together. Mm. Yeah, it just gets back to the nonviolent communication theory of being able to express your needs without triggering the other person
0: your your relationship to me um, it looks and it feels and I've experienced you together as being so smooth I mean your your relationship and your co-teaching dynamic is so practiced and like you said Sam there's a lot of connection that I think you guys have practiced the way that you move together I mean watching you teach slacklining and acro, um, the way that you share responsibilities on the road and in a teaching setting or just like in your partnership, it, it all feels really seamless to me. And that I'm sure that there's cracks that I don't see that you guys experience that's in every relationship. But how did you get to that point? You've been together for seven years. Was it just repetition, repetition, repetition?
2: Yeah, it, it's it's repetition with the intent to create something better. Um, I mean, really looking at systematic approaches and keeping in mind that the system should serve the end user and not the system itself has been a really powerful mm. um, methodology, maybe, like to keep us in check. Because uh, sometimes we create maybe something that um, – flows really well but it's not it, it's just keeping itself working instead of growing uh, so having that awareness as we we create systems to make our lives easier uh, also remembering that the people affected by that system need to be served equally as well so having that as a foundation for making our decisions as we create things together uh, helps it helps keep me motivated because I feel like there's something systematically, uh, systemically broken with the way that the world's working right now. So if I have something like a different angle that I can work at that I feel is actually useful, that keeps me motivated to kind of share space with Raquel's ideas as well. Do you have
0: like an example just for context?
1: Well, in terms of like teaching, it's been a lot of try on an error, right? I, I think one of the things that has helped us, um, clean up our teaching and even our practice is that we are both hypercritical of the things that we do and we both strive to perfection which means that every single class that we taught we debrief like we talk about the things that were we thought about the things that didn't even the things that are uncomfortable or I will say particularly the things that are uncomfortable and are the things that we do on our relationship too is that we peek at how we are doing the things that we're doing. And uh, luckily for both of us is that we both acknowledge and agree that we do that to improve and to clean up things, not to point out what the other person is doing to fail. Right. And, and I think that's really important. And even on our acro, like, or yeah, mainly on acro, when we're like, playing together, we constantly remind the other person that we're both trying to do 100 a, a but well, we're both doing a hundred percent. That might not mean that we're succeeding, right? Like if I'm if we are like struggling with something, it's not because the other person is trying to make it harder mm. or trying to make you fail. It's like, no, I'm doing my best, you're doing your best. We might not be there yet on X, Y, or Z, but we know that we are working towards that. So that allows us to be critical of our speak or how we are relating to each other or how we're teaching, knowing that we're doing it out of the kindness and the love in our heart. And it's a process.
0: I think that's right. a big yeah. aspect of society that, like you said, Sam, is kind of broken. I think there's a lot of assumption that everybody's out to get each other. Like, oh, that guy's out to screw me over or this person has their best interest in mind, which is probably the case in many situations just based on on the systems that we live in. But I, I think something to take away is, wow, what if we shifted our own perspective and expected or assumed that every person we come in contact with could have our best intentions, you know, or looking out for our best and if we communicated that more frequently in in relationships and in these different dynamic situations, I think that could create a lot of positive change hey wow you know i'm I'm really doing this to support you, even though like you said, raquel, it's not perfect yeah I th-
2: I f- for me, and just looking at all the traveling we do and learning from that is I see a, a big disconnect in. Uh, what, what the world at large tells us we should be doing, or like, um, like the examples that media sets for us as perfection, like becoming a celebrity or whatever it is, it really alienates the idea of community and relying on others. It it really puts an emphasis on self reliance,
0: mm. which
2: is a beautiful thing, being able to be self reliant. But being able to share your skills with others is also very. I would say important to, to live a balanced life. And so the more that we kind of focus on that self-reliance, the the less we feel like we are part of a community. And I mean, humans are very social beings. So when you remove that perceived need to be social out of your life, you're going to feel like you're always missing something. Mm. Even though you've achieved societal greatness, you're missing that deep sense of community. And I would say that's one thing because we travel so much that we also miss out on a little bit of deep community connection. And that's where I, I, I'm trying to work personally at creating a mobile community. If, if that's a term, uh, something now,
1: that, yeah,
2: <laughs> some way to feel uh, or stay connected uh, without physically being near each other and then also being accountable and providing a service for the community without needing to be in physical proximity to each other not use the internet to just continue to to serve ourselves
0: well I feel like you guys have such a, a strong and consistent presence across many different communities be, like you said because you travel but I feel like, you know, in San Diego, people know, oh, Sam and Raquel are coming to teach. There's, there's a sense that you have a local presence there. And maybe you don't experience it as, as much on your end because you're gone. So what are some specific ways that you do cultivate that community?
1: I am, I'm not entirely sure we do it on purpose. But I think what we do is that we try to connect with people as humans, right? In... I used to see and sometimes I still see within the different communities in which we teach the teacher and how they can be placed themselves on a pedestal and then they have students or followers and we really try not to do that right like we show up to a place we we teach but then we hang out we might not go pop uh, dancing and popping with people but (laughs) we try to connect with the individual as we are right like if we are training handstands, we do handstands with them. We allow people to see us fail. Mm-hmm. We allow them to see us struggle and train and, and just be us.
2: Yeah, and like our teaching is very much about empowering the people around us to be better than us, right? That's kind of our primary goal is how do we give you all the knowledge we have so that you can start where we ended and make something better than what we- where we're at, so yeah. that we can be inspired to to catch up to where you are um, and and keep that going instead of just creating uh, a a ceiling right or something that you can only get this good you can't pass this level. It's really hard, so don't even try, but you can probably do this thing right below it instead here's where we're at. What can we add to this? How can this be better? what are your what are your inputs? And that's looking at uh, the same way we look at our year to balance out. We, we look at uh, community to balance out, right? So we work with everyone's strengths to create something bigger than, than one person instead of just you know, one person excelling.
1: And also the thing is that the ways we like to connect with people and, and the way we like to live in a sense is asking the bigger questions. And, like, I, I think that allows us to connect with individuals quicker. Mm-hmm. Like, we are not night people, right? We don't go pubbing. We don't go, don't go, like, like going out with someone to a place that I cannot speak to you because the music is loud or whatever. We might do that once or twice during the summer. But then the rest of this time it's like, oh, can we get to the choir places where we can actually get to know you? And we do that even do, during our classes. and during our workshops because we try to to be authentic everywhere we are. Like I don't know if we uh succeed every time, but we really try to be authentic. And that even happens within our relationship, right? Because we got to know each other so quickly that people are like, oh I know how you can do that, how you can like trust this person. And we're like, well, in the one week that we've been together or like in the one month, we probably had connected more with each other than people that has been dating the normal way for months. Right? And that often happens with our friends or even within our students. They come to an event and it just becomes this bubble in which people get to know each other better and to connect. And then when you leave, it's not a stranger.
2: Yeah, I think you mentioned it earlier, Britta's, but it's it's about like being open, authentic, and trust. Like really put yourself out there and trust that people are going to be there for everyone's best interest, right? Mm-hmm. They're they're there to get something out of it, but they're also there to give something that you're missing, and that's what I was trying to get at. Is like we balance out as a group of people, not as individuals, right? right? And oftentimes, I think we try to find all the answers in ourselves which is a good challenge because it brings up awareness, but then you want to take what you've learned into a community and look to fill a a need of a community, and then that will help you balance out as an individual as well.
0: Right. Well, I I definitely want to talk a little bit about awareness um, because it's part of your motto as the Yoga Slackers. Right before we get into awareness, though, my question is – for anyone that might want to be following in your footsteps, you know, as far as creating community and creating a brand that is here to serve others, what recommendations do you have for that person that are like your top three, you know, these are the best things that you can do to pursue those professional relationships? Like,
1: and for me, it would be, the first one will be live authentically, right? Like if you're authentic on what you want, if you really know what you want and you're really working towards what you want, you'll make it regardless of who might be helping you or not.
2: Right. And if you know you don't know what you want, then you need to be out there looking at different things instead of just thinking about looking at different things. Mm-hmm.
1: Then I will say the second thing is that is that as you, you, sh- you need to show up 100%. And I think that's one of the reasons uh, you, have are so successful as what you do and like you're so good at connecting with people and teaching is that when you show up, you are there. You're 100%. You're giving it your, your all. Because you cannot rely on a teacher or on a mentor to be there for you. Like, the mentors are going to be like, this is the path that you can follow if you choose to, but then you are the one that are going to go are going to go 100% for it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then I will be the third one.
2: <laughs> no, I got lost in your answer. <laughs>
1: so live authentically, then be 100% present and give 100% of your efforts to it. And then I will say, you gotta love what you're doing. And they're mm. kind of like a little bit redundant in that sense. But if you are doing this for the money, let's say, this is not the place to be. Mm. Or and I'm not just saying there's no money on acro on yoga and slacklining. I'm just saying it's like, please do not do anything just for the money, right? Do it because it brings you satisfaction, because mm. it makes you grow as a human, as an individual, and then the money will follow So that would be like our three things to do because we have seen seen, through our years of practice and teaching teachers how to do things and a lot of success stories, but also a lot of failure stories. Uh, Not everyone is successful at this. And I would say the main thing that makes people not be successful is that they see what the other person has. Or, or they think they are seeing what the other person has, and they're like, oh, I want what Brita has. Mm-hmm. And this is what I see her doing. Let's do it. And not knowing that there's a lot of ups and downs, that not
2: everyone's path looks the same. At the same time, even. Mm-hmm. Right? The past might look the same if you sync them up, but most of the time you're not necessarily in sync with the person you're looking at. So you might be looking at the person at their highest point when you're at your lowest point. Right. And But then you want to make sure when you're at your highest point that you you can see that there's someone at their lowest point. And the idea would be to sync those up when you're in a community and also balance it out. So if someone's at their lowest point point, you're at your highest point, instead of just staying up there, maybe come down and, and pull that other person up.
1: Yeah. And I think that even like going back to like the whole nonviolent communication thing, because you just mentioned it there. Is in that sense of not being violent towards yourself. Yes. In that sense that we can be so violent towards ourselves. And like when we're comparing ourselves to other people, we are being violent in mm-hmm. that sense. Or we can be, right? We can see other people and use them as inspiration and give ourselves words of encouragement. But when, it, and that's like, that's what we want to inspire others to do, and that's why we inspire ourselves to do. Mm. Being like, yeah, we can use other people as inspiration and be like, oh, maybe what are they doing differently that I could incorporate to uh, my offering, to my teaching, or to my personal practice, but doing it with, the, with that sense of love, mm. of like, I am just trying to make myself better or help you f- make yourself better, but not being like, oh, this person has this and I don't have it.
0: So we talked a lot already, maybe indirectly, about balance. And I know my experience of slacklining specifically and the greater context of all of these things we've been talking about, balance sports, is that balance is this very dynamic state of being, right? It's not a static philosophy or, or, or state, I think balance has a lot to do with awareness and like you said Sam awareness comes from taking the time to be in self-reflection it comes from a a practice of self-inquiry mostly and then it extends into other things or other aspects of life your motto and correct me if this is wrong for the yoga slackers as a whole is extreme living with awareness Right? Yeah, that's correct. So, what does the extreme living aspect mean? And then the second part of my question, you can just hold this in your back pocket, is how does extreme relate to awareness?
2: Mm -hmm. So, what does extreme mean? Uh, To know where the balance point is it's helpful to know where the edges are, Mm. right? So the extreme helps you kind of push into your comfort zone, go past the edge, if you will, uh, not to fall off of it, but to expand it, Mm. right? So you're constantly trying to expand your edges. Um, Therefore, your middle, your balance point, is also going to grow, right? So you can be in balance, in a bigger space um, than if you have smaller edges.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm considering what you're saying, and I can see that uh, that let's say sometimes we might go and climb mountains and do really long days in which we may, you know, face our possibility of mortality. <laughs> Right. Versus other days, we sit on our van and binge watch Netflix, mm-hmm. uh, like every other person does at some point or another. And it's it's like Tammy saying is that the idea of like we bounce from one place to the other, and really we don't like an extreme, right? Like I don't like to consider my mortality with every step I take, right? But I also don't really like to live on space on a space of like um of, of too much comfort mm-hmm. but that allows us to be like oh man that was silly let's move into this place in which we can balance better so i think that's where the extreme part come from is like bounce here bounce there experiment with both sides and then see where you can come that you actually find your true nature like the space in which you can re- you really want to be Knowing that whenever you need a bump, you can go and take it. Like, oh, oh maybe because like, I feel like balance is, it's like this threshold, right? Mm-hmm. And I think if we don't do these things, then it's like, like, like you were saying, the threshold becomes smaller. And then like, we become annoyed very quickly when you come out of, out of that threshold threshold but if you allowed yourself to experiment with the extreme size of it that threshold becomes bigger so then we can find that space of being comfortable of being at ease of being happy on more spaces
2: yeah and that that fits into your personal life but you can also imagine if you expand your uh, awareness so you're you're making your your awareness bigger then you can relate to more people mm-hmm. it seems to me that we're we're focused As individuals on on surviving right and then we want to be comfortable as we survive but everyone is doing that in a different zone either because of money because of where they're born because of the environment around them there's all these constraints so the quicker you can realize that we're seemingly trying to do the same things in in different places then you can relate and help others find balance or you can find balance yourself from what others are doing so It's easier to learn from other people and it's easier to teach other people Mm -hmm. if you have that awareness.
1: Yeah, and it's also like we were considering these a few days ago, like the idea that um, as humans, we are meant to explore our entire range of emotions, right? Like we're not only just, you know, we all strive to be happy, but I would say like overall, on your day, on your life, you want to consider what things you're doing to allow happiness to come into your life. But it's okay to explore all the range of emotion. And it's kind of like we need them. So I feel like by exploring the extremes, I can understand what I should be fearful of, right? Mm -hmm. I should be fearful of falling into the depths of whatever, (laughs) right? Falling off a mountain because we're climbing without ropes or whatever. I should not necessarily be, be scared of the dark, right? It, that's an extreme example. But if I never push myself to actually feel what actual fear should feel like, at what it should come from, then I'm always going, I'm still going to explore, feel those emotions, but those things that are not necessarily conducive to growth in that sense. Mm-hmm.
0: It gives context, right, to yeah. what you're experiencing if you, see a lot of bright then you can experience and understand and have context for extreme dark. Yeah. And I think what like you said Sam balances this threshold state and as you explore and expand the edges of the extremes, let's call it extreme highlining over a crevice that's thousands of feet long and deep or the extreme comfort of having a hotel room with room service and heated robes, you know, for a weekend, that threshold of what's realistic as far as your balance and the places where you're able to be comfortable or or adaptable continues to expand. How does how does extreme living relate to maybe softer qualities like peacefulness or your health or things that I don't necessarily consider as like extreme qualities like I'm extremely happy I'm extremely peaceful I'm extremely content how does is there a relationship there in this whole methodology or or equation
1: you mean going to the softer the extreme in the softer side of things is that what you mean Yeah.
0: yeah are those also extreme pursuits like the counter position of Sharp.
2: I think if you were to look at maybe the color wheel, right? And if you look at the gradient, if you look at, if you zoom in, you can see the difference between like a light yellow and a lighter yellow. But if you zoom out, those two colors look exactly the same. So that extreme is just being able to zoom in to any point and seeing that there's a difference between the two parts. And then figuring out which side that you feel more comfortable on, hmm. uh, but again, it comes down to that awareness. So you can apply that extreme to any anything, your health, peace, whatever. It's not, it's not about a harsh extreme. It's about noticing that there's there is a transition uh, at every level, mm-hmm. even if you can't perceive it uh, initially.
1: Yeah, I will add to that that in terms of like the stream in the other direction, not like the sharp edge of it, but like in the softer part of it. I think that's actually the more difficult one to look for and to actually explore, at least for us, right? Because it's easier to go and be like, I'm just gonna run 20 miles today and like see where that comes from, right? It's it's obvious, it's visual, people can see it, you can talk about it, people may be able to relate. But when we think about let's take a deeper yoga class, let's do an intensive in which we put time to ourselves to practice, do our softer practices, Mm -hmm. Uh, when we decide to sit down and attempt meditation or all these things that are softer in nature, that might be For us, a little harder to do is still something that we do because it's it's still as hard as running 20 miles. Sitting for 20 minutes, it's as hard to meditate. It's as hard and often harder than running 20 miles because you can only show that to yourself, right? Uh, it's not necessarily something that tons of people get excited about. It's not something that you can post on social media, yeah. and most people are going to be like, Ooh, I want to do, do that too, <laughs> right? It's not sexy, but it's still something that we do and that we consider. Currently, I will say that for us exploring that softer part of us is our whole like two year long practice or learning this nonviolent communication and this nonviolent way of life and i was reviewing some books the other day on teaching yoga and it reminded me how you know like the the first step in the ashtanga the eightfold path you know you have your yamas and yamas the first step is the yamas and the first yama is ahimsa nonviolence right so it's like the idea of how can we be nonviolent to ourselves and to others and how can we live on that if you were to think about it, the softer part of the extreme.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, I relate a lot of that to, you know, there's so many different like doctrines of philosophy and world religions and spiritual practices. One of which I have experience in growing up as a, as a Christian or like a non-denominational follower is the, the fruits of the spirit, you know, patience, peace, kindness, lovingness, compassion, all of these things. And it seems very similar to what you were just describing or maybe even similar to like the chakra system in the body where you have these very evident, obvious, tangible and almost gross elements of fire and stability and sexuality and heat, you know, and as you refine these processes, as you work on the sharp aspects of life eventually the subtle stuff starts to bubble up to the surface and then you're able to once you, once you've mastered this deep level of foundation of nonviolence, let's say, then you're able to kind of up level and have an experience of patience and compassion and lovingness and kindness. And it seems like it's necessary to take those extremes, like you said, Sam, so that you can even identify where is the baseline of your threshold of balance and then Mm -hmm. be able to let that fruit kind of bubble up. Yeah. Yeah. And
2: just to relate all of this to the slack line, because that's kind of what we do (laughs) um, is the slack line is a great representation of this idea of balance in that um, you, there's many ways to react to an imbalance and bringing the idea of, breath into the first reaction to an imbalance really helps uh, you realize that you don't have to do necessarily a lot of of work uh, externally to find that balance. And if you just breathe, (laughs) uh, balance will happen, Mm. right? If you're trying to achieve balance, sometimes you, you can achieve it, but you have to do a lot more work. So the more you can look at a situation, check in with that non-violent, um, communication, and that communication is, is also, uh, non so like a physical movement, so if you make a less violent physical movement, you have to make a less violent reaction, mm. uh, to oppose it, right? It, it does come down to physics, and my understanding of physics is not good enough to talk about it, but, um, <laughs>
0: You're pretty good at displaying it physically. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> pretty much Sam as far as I know you whatever you're doing is like a beautiful display of just your physical prowess and your 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 balance and I would say Raquel you have the same quality only sometimes sometimes and differently more eloquent and 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 soft but you both have that very visual application of your understanding of physics it's very beautiful <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> whether you can describe it or not i'm not going to say i'm the best person to talk about physics and math because i yeah, I, right? I cheated on math since i've been in first grade so we don't need to go down that path <laughs> um, but, yeah just to summarize that
2: slacklining thing i just went on was uh, more like an order of operations
0: mm-hmm. right there's
2: many ways to achieve balance I would suggest looking for your breath as the first reaction to an imbalance. If that doesn't work, try a subtle movement or so like a subtle change. If that doesn't work, then maybe freak out, you know, try to make your freak out a little less uh, violent so people can uh, understand what your needs are and then immediately go back to the breath and and repeat. Mhm.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's a part in which it goes back to like the whole idea of stream living with awareness is because we want to learn how to be human right we come back we, we come into life thinking we're humans we're doing it this is what who i am or what we do but often we think we are animals yeah we were part of the animal kingdom this is the our main array of emotions and the way we relate to each other is often a product of our animal behavior, right? Versus what we ne- learn need to learn to do and to be super aware is where does this animalistic view it's okay to use, like on a fight flight, I'm about to die, I fall off at left, versus being like, when when do I really need to cultivate my human beingness? And That's the part that we need to, we personally need to practice the most. We we, personally? We personally, us (laughs) personally, me personally. (laughs) Our human nature is what we are focused on. How can I become a better human and what skills do I need to own that?
2: Yeah, and this is becoming extremely important as we move into the world of artificial intelligence, which would be the other extreme, right? We have the extreme animal side, And now we're going to have the extreme machine side. Um, And I think it's more important now than ever to understand what it means to be human and how we can celebrate and practice humanism over uh, becoming more like a machine and maybe memorization type stuff, which machines are excellent at data processing or being more overly emotional to situations like animals tend to do. So finding that balance in between those two points and and coexisting with the super intelligence and capabilities of machines and then the super uh, animalistic sense of, of, the, of that world as well.
1: And even in that sense, like, I think that the side, like the AI, how we need to become even more human, like we can see that even now in us as humans our need to connect and how even though we have a lot more opportunities and venues to connect like through the internet for example we're using it in a way that is actually creating this connection is on a way in which it touches on our deeper insecurities rather than improving or making us feel stronger and now you even have like ai that can become your best friend Because they know the the system, so I just Mm -hmm. need to relate to you. It's like bringing it back to what your needs, rather than my need to also speak or say something.
0: For me, it feels like what you said, Sam. We're generating more self-reliance through social media and all of these kind of um, digitally fabricated methods of connection. Even though there's connection happening, it's in a very very different context and it's going in a different direction maybe than what it feels like to enjoy space at a festival together when we can see and hear and touch and just enjoy each other's presence. So in some sense that needs to be equalized as well.
2: Yeah. If you look at it, like, um, technology now is really set up for consumption. Um, right it's really easy to consume a lot of stuff but it's it's also important to check in with how much can you give back and and put back into the system so other people can can understand your perspective right yeah. a lot of stuff being thrown at us and there's a huge bandwidth for being able to take in media um but like now we, we've gone from a typewriter which was really efficient or like a keyboard to now texting with our thumbs so it's a really slow input into the system so this different like podcasts are great because we can communicate in real time you can hear emotion you can really feel what's going on in the conversation but uh, we definitely default to what's easier which is maybe a quick te- text message instead of a, an authentic connection
0: mm-hmm
1: and in that sense, like going back to the beginning mm-hmm. of the podcast in which how you ask us, how do we create this sense of community as we're traveling? How do we feel grounded? I think for me particularly, it's searching for the, how can I connect with the individual that's in front of me, mm-hmm. right? But also being like the people that I keep dear to my heart. It's like, how can I connect with them? Sometimes it's using most of the time for us is using these devices, sending a text message, commenting on a picture, um, talking to them on Facebook. And it's often interesting because I do feel a difference because my life was very different before I, did, I started traveling with them. I often feel this idea of like my, the way I used to connect with people in the past, it was very physical. Let's go for a run. I know that you live down the road, that you also run. So it was easier for me to connect and do things with people versus I think for some, you've been connecting with people through different social media for years, even before it was a thing, Yeah. right? But what brings it back is that when we go and visit communities and I hear people talking about how disconnected they feel even while there are living in our community, it's a reminder that it doesn't matter where we are, mm-hmm. our demons are going to find us. Mm-hmm. So it's not about moving to the best place or where I have access to everything. It's about dealing with these emotion, dealing with our needs wherever we are. Mm-hmm.
2: That's
0: the biggest difference. Well, wow. We have really touched on so many... Awesome things. And I've really just been enjoying your ability, you guys both to, to deep dive into these concepts and these questions that are relating, you know, the ideas of movement and of balance and of practice and of spirituality and of seeking. Um, It's been really good for me and I'm excited. I don't know when the next time is that we're going to be in person. As I'm thinking right now, I'm like, how can I go to their Thailand experience? How can I get there this year? Um, for those of us that are listening, where can we connect with you? What's, what's coming up for you in the next several months or in the next year? How can people come and find you and train with you and play with you and learn from you?
2: Yeah, um, what's coming up next will be at the Acro Love World Gathering um, in Portland and then we have our teacher training in Thailand in in the end of November and we do an experience right after that that's pretty much sold out at this point Um, but actually in 2020 we have a pretty open schedule so if you want to see us send us a message and maybe we'll just come visit.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, We're very easy to find you can find us in yogaslackers.com you can find Sam and I there, but you can also find all our teachers. There's 151 teachers, uh, Yoga Slackers teachers throughout the world. And also, if you want to talk to us directly, Yoga Slackers at Gmail, and we're Yoga Slackers at pretty much all the social media platforms. So there's no excuse.
0: Thanks so much for listening to Rael talk. If you want to learn more about the Yoga Slackers or to connect with Sam and Raquel anywhere around the world, head over to yogaslackers.com. You can find them on social media at Yoga Slackers. And if you enjoyed the show or you have questions or comments, I would love if you could leave a review or a rating on iTunes. It's a great way to help me just increase... Um, my potential to share these amazing guests and concepts with more people Um, so please please feel free to leave a review or share this podcast episode with a friend thanks for listening